And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering something Star Wars. In this episode, Obi-Wan Kenobi heads to Dayu to find young Princess Leia Organa and bring her back to her parents, Bail and Breha. They will be Jedi Con Artist, Breaking Bad in Star Wars. And guys, my grande boyfriend got stabbed and I'm not okay because he's hurt and that poor baby and I need to take care of my baby, everybody. I don't know if I want him to be okay. We're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 2 this week. I'm Hope, and how are you doing, Chris? I'm Chris, and I'm doing good. How are you doing, Hope? I'm tired tonight. <laughs> so if I get very slurry at some point... Excellent. <laughs> I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. But, actually, it's been a long week. I think since I last talked to you, Chris, I've recorded two podcasts, wrote five articles, did... Two and a half YouTube videos for the waffles, and jobbed and did and wrote a few articles for Dark Side of the Force as well. My brain is shot. I am low. I watched the first ten minutes of Velma and then I tagged out. Really, you did? Yeah. It was. Yeah, I I warned you. I did. It's not. I was watching and I'm like, ah, this isn't worth it. You know, I've seen two critiques of it. I know where it's going and. Basically, this is my, this is what I, like, if it wasn't Scooby-Doo, like you you said, if it wasn't Scooby-Doo, it would be fine, but it wouldn't be, it would just be forgettable, it would just be another, it, it reminded me of a failed Adult Swim, where there were a lot of Adult Swim stuff that was either just people trying to be rude or just trying to be random, and the good stuff, you know, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force made it through. And the other stuff wouldn't last long, and it, and and this would have been just one of those if it wasn't Velma, and you didn't have that to like make people want to talk about it. It would just come and go, and be like, yeah, that was. Uh, it's it's derivative of like a million other things without being as good as them. It would it it if it didn't if it wasn't associated with Scooby Doo, it would have just like disappeared with no no fanfare either way it would have been just like (laughs) they just would have seen the rate they would have seen people tagging out after 10 minutes going yeah i've seen this before you know it's just edgy shit Mm -hmm. edgy shit has to have more going for it or else it gets boring really fast and repetitive and loses any kind of edginess Mm -hmm. that makes sense the fact that it is a scooby-doo show is why it has the lightning rod yeah, uh, you know, look, mom and dad, look, poo poo, ha 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 ha. I bet you hate that. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, ten minutes off to live my life. Well, I would actually like to say though uh, that I voluntold myself. I voluntold Charles to let me be on his show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> our listener Charles. Wow. 
presumptuous. Now, I will say, Charles did put an open invitation to everybody in the For Light and Dice cast. So it was an open (laughs) invitation. (laughs) And essentially what happened was after watching last week's Bad Batch, which was the tech racing super hot episode faster, because I liked him so faster and I'd like to touch his gear shift in a race. um, That is a joke I met on their show but far more awkwardly. Um, <laughs> I went to Charles. And, and you'll like, make it again on our show down a little further down the line, folks. Hang around. Of course I do. Um, so do I? I don't remember what I wrote. <laughs> but I, I essentially went to Charles and I was just like, hey, is that open invitation going? Because I kind of want to volunteer you to let me be on your show so I can talk about tech. <laughs> and so he and his wonderful co-host Bradley had me on Gold Squadron Gaze. So if you want to hear me talk about the episode faster, uh, I am on that episode. We had a really good time doing it. And thank you, Charles and Bradley, for having me on. And you guys should, by the time this episode comes out, it was two weeks ago. So go check out Gold Squadron Gaze, guys, because they're really great over there. I like I like that episode. It was fun. It, I, it was, I was, so, glad it was to, so resistance. It was a very resistance. Well, it had racing. Well, 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 to me, it was like, all right, pod racing is. It was very much like the pod racing game that they that they used to have. Yeah. For it, uh, on Nintendo, and uh, but I would, but the pod racing wasn't as good as George Lucas's pod racing. I it was it was it was good, but it was it was a, like a. a even though it had like they added, you know, p- that, that they could shoot at each other and, uh, you know, and and all sorts of, and more, you know, more lethal skullduggery and stuff like that, it, it, like a more actively rollerball sort of version of it. It was still kind of it was it was it was maybe it was because it was just taking place in a tube instead of like a varied, you know crazy different you know there were a couple of different pratfalls in the tube but it was basically a tube it was very video game like but those are just little quibbles it was it was a fun episode i was i was very happy with it i absolutely loved the episode it, it was probably my up to i'm the, waiting uh, for where's wanda sykes i want wanda sykes back i thought that i'm like ooh, wanda sykes is, is in. i i have a theory about that um my theory is that sid is going to give up the bad batch and then have a change of heart and then call in some favors and one of those favors is going to be Wanda Sykes character and the other one is going to be Roland from the season one episode infested the guy with the horn because yeah, the yeah, bad yeah, batch yeah. actually stuck out their neck for him and saved his life so they right. they actually have an right. IOU on that guy right um, right 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 so well I, they also want to they're also going to bring back his pet so that'll be fun probably because yeah. So, but faster was my like personal favorite Bad Batch episode up to date. Like, I just had the best time watching it, and it was so much of what I wanted, and I loved it, and I had such a well, good yeah. time watching it. I, w- I was like, Hope's gonna love this because they're like, oh, Tech's gotta drive. It's like, oh, here we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite character doing stuff that's really hot. Tech the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Tech the wheel. <laughs> well, you did notice that. They, yeah, yeah, you did notice they're, they're setting up Tech as a as a crazed driver. You know. Oh, that we talked about how they did it all through season one. The only so. way to express his id. I, but that was the thing I liked about it because it was him having a hobby outside of the Bad Batch and the mercenary stuff. Because he, when he was talking with Teo, 
he was very like he was like this is interesting i find this really fascinating and i'm like oh well, he's giving he got a hobby. people to chant his name too at the end of it so you know i also think that that's how the empire is gonna find them like sure it's on a shady back planet what but what's gonna stop someone to be like did you see that clone tech driving and, and some imperial is gonna be like i'm sorry can you say that again <laughs> yeah they, they might they might have wanted to disguise him a little bit more but yeah we'll see yeah yeah, I, I think that I think this episode is going to be a lot bigger than the filler label people are sl- slapping on it because I think the Sid stuff's going to come back. I think that's going to come yeah. back. I think it's gonna, yeah. I think it's going to be a way a lot more weighted than people give it. Yeah. Remember, everybody, space whales. Everyone called the space whale episode filler, and they ended up being very important in season four of Rebels. Space whales. Uh-huh. I fucking still love hate them. Fucking love hate space whales. Throw them uh-huh. in a ba- throw them in a bas- basket. And then throw the basket in the trash and then add flowers to the basket. Fucking space whales. I like I'm tired. Them. Let's talk about Kenobi. All right. What'd you think of this, this episode? Um, I don't like this episode as much as I like the last episode. The, the, this, this cements a, a few more of my like production, production gripes about Kenobi. But I don't hate it. I don't even not like it. I but it, I don't I don't think I, I don't, it wasn't as impressive and I forgot like it was kind of like last week's episode came out they came out together the two episodes yeah. and everybody watched them as once and they were like a movie length you know of of Kenobi so it's almost like the second act of last week's episode mm-hmm. and even as such that even shows some more we we'll we'll get to it in the show I. Like it just as much as last week's episode, but for different reasons. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is I really love the character of Haja. I think he's a really good character, which I will get more into of like why he's important to Kenobi's past, being he's very Hondo like, but also why he's important to where Kenobi is on his journey. Like I really see, love that performance. See, I was re- I was I was I was kinda hating him as a writer's as a written character at first, but um as I, I i i thought they were sort of done with him after his first little scene and i was like okay this is it, it was a neat little it was a neat little scene but it but whatever but as as he shows uh, since he shows up more in the story that's when i was like okay i'm kind of down with this character so mm-hmm. and to give you some perspective i have more notes about haja than i do my grande boyfriend uh, interesting. I yeah. got I, I got a note on your grande boyfriend. My grande boyfriend and poor baby. He got his gut stabby stabbed. It's fine. All right. <clears throat> you ready to get into this? They love that shit. Yeah. Oh, they do. They do. They're just, just like, stab me again. Angrier. Yeah. Yeah. It leads to like one of my favorite lines of the series, which is it's something along the lines of like, you'll be surprised how much you can live when you have revenge in your heart or something. <laughs> I don't think she would be surprised. <laughs> and then, uh, honestly, like the Grande's whole bit where he walks out and stands beside Darth Vader, and he's just like, "Hello." Like, that's like, my favorite scene of like Star Wars. I love that I got, entire I got fucking better. scene. <laughs> Everything about that scene, I fucking love. So, all right, you ready to get into Hello. this? Huh? Yes, Gene Hendricks. What? No, no. Just, oh, well, I was quoting actually Seinfeld, but yeah. Oh, you sounded like Gene Hendricks. Ooh, it is very, it is very similar to my my Gene impression. Yeah. Anyway, you ready to get into this? 
I'm ready. I'm going to apologize now to everybody. I'm tired, so let's see how much I slur all this. Here we go! Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 2 aired on Disney Plus on May 26, 2022. It was written by Joby Harold, uh, Hasin Amini, and Stuart uh, Betty, and it was directed by Deborah Chow. Some extra information for you. Hasha Estris, played by Kumail John... Haja Estri is played by Kumail Nanjiani. His other works include The Big Sick, Eternals, and Silicon Valley. The fourth sister is played by Rhea Kinstead. Her other words inc- uh, works include that the Call of Duty franchise, Superman and Lois, and the reboot of Charmed. The female spice worker, Tetha Griggs, is played by Esther Rose McGregor, who is actually the daughter of Ewan McGregor. Jaco, Haja's little helper, is played by Jacoby Swain, whose other works include Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier, Firebuds, and Home Economics. And, for the first time since the prequels, Tamora Morrison plays a live-action veteran clone, but this is actually Tamora Morrison's first time wearing the clone trooper armor. In the prequels, his face was superimposed onto all the CGI'd armored bodies of the clones, like Commander Cody. The Force-sensitive boy named Corin is played by Indy Destranus. That's not what that word says. Indy Desroches. And his mother is played by Marisa Alvarez. Corin's appearance sparked some debate among Legends fans of whether or not this was a Legends character coming into canon. This speculation also includes next week's episode. So here's a little wrap-up of this week and next week and what's going on here. Next week, when Obi-Wan and Leia find the hideout of the path, and it has all the carvings on the wall, one of the names carved into it is Valen Halcyon. Before this episode came out, actually before the series of Obi-Wan, I should say, before the series of Obi-Wan aired, Corrin's mother's name was Nice on IMDb, but it was later changed to just being Corrin's mother. And then we have a boy named Corrin. Both Corin and his mother are traveling to Corellia. Why is all of this important to this? In Legends, Valen Halcyon was a Jedi who survived Order 66, and he was taken in on Corellia, where Corin and his mother are going. He falls in love with a woman named Nice, and they have a, name, a son named Corin Horn. Corrin was one of the main characters of the X-Wing series books and a member of Rogue Squadron. And remember, there's a Rogue Squadron movie in the works before, you know, while the show was being made. He later discovers that he is Force-sensitive like his father, and he joined Luke Skywalker to eventually become a Jedi Master. Now, while all of these are more than likely just a lot of fun Easter eggs, it is fun to see... A lot of cool Easter eggs where people actually had to go hunting for these connections between all the episodes. So a lot of Legends fans had fun with this part. Moving on. The veteran clone that Obi-Wan sees by being played by Tamora Morrison is actually wearing the armor of the 501st Battalion, which was Anakin Skywalker's troops. And finally, originally there was going to be different, more expensive versions of the scene of Kenobi in the Spice Lab, but it was decided that a meth lab was far more in reach of something that writer Jacoby Harold and the crew could actually do production-wise. Jacoby Harold thought it was a nice way for Kenobi to be undercover in a world foreign to him compared to his cave on Tatooine. You know who also lives in a cave? 
Yoda does not live in a cave. Oh, that's true. You live in a hut. Lives in a house in the swamp by the river. I forgot. You're right. You do live in. Well, more of a hut. It is a hut. I'm sorry. A hut by the huts for the huts to invite your huts over. Yoda spent much time inside a hut. Ew. What? Ew. Yoda. Warm in the hut. Hmm. Yoda does a lot of cooking in the hut. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yoda's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Got his apron on. <laughs> please, please don't tell me you put. Have you ever put a bun in the oven of a hut? Maybe. Oh, that. You know, I'm now imagining Stinky with Yoda ears. <laughs> oh, I was told to tell you something by Charles. Our, our friend, our friend Charles from World Squadron Gaze, because I was on his show, and he told me to tell you something. And I have no idea the context, but he said that you would know what it means. Mm, Yoda knows much. He said much. that the package is on its way, and it should be in the place where it's supposed to be. And he will help hide the body from Tales of the Jedi. I don't know what any of that means. Yoda likes the package where it's supposed to be, yes. Uh-huh. And Put that the he will. Where it's supposed to be. And that he will. He knows where you know whose final place is, and don't you don't you have know to worry about you it. You know what? Winky wink. Yes, winky wink. Yes. Yeah. I think he. It. I think he was Yoda talking about. Reference. I think he was talking about tales of the Jedi, and you know who no. happened to do that, no, and he said it's not okay. Talking about talking about something else for sure. Yeah, but he told me to yes. tell you that it's all taken care of. He, 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 he and Yoda are working on a play. It is research for a play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Story. Just a story. Yeah, I don't want to see your Google history. Story about ugly, 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 ugly person. It, bad things happen, too, in story. Uh-huh. And and what? Charles happy was ending. very happy ending though. Story ends happy. Everybody likes happy ending. Yoda likes happy ending. <laughs> Alright, Yoda. Well why don't, <laughs> why don't you go work on cooking in that hut of yours? He is so happy after Tales of the Jedi. That guy's so happy. Insufferable. Charles, all I could say if you're listening, lawyer up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my advice as a lawyer is not to be doing this stuff over the public airwaves like this. Luckily, we don't have a very large audience, but still, dudes, that maybe I mean, if we get tied up in the middle of this scandal, I guess it could be good ratings for us. Hope we get some get interviewed on CNN or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Charles, I adore you. I'll throw you under a bus, though. I ain't going to jail for you. (laughs) (laughs) Adore you. Not going to jail. Have you seen me? I'm a snack. Someone will eat me in jail. (laughs) I'm cute. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Are you ready to get into Act 1? Yeah, my cat gave me the weirdest look when I just said I'm too cute for jail. But I am. (laughs) Miss Bernice knows. What, how is Miss Bernice? You doing okay? You still in heat? 
Uh, yeah, she's still in heat. She's she's waking me up a lot during the night. To, she jumps on my bed and goes, mm, and then I go, mm, and she goes, mm. she just did it just now, actually, because I'm doing it. So I'm going to stop doing it because <laughs> I don't want And but now she has a new thing where and luckily it's better than attacking my face. But now what she does is she will actually she'll actually sort of sleep next to me but she gets in between me and the wall and puts her feet against the wall to push off against my back so i'll i'll feel like the whole length of a cat's body just go like <laughs> shoving up against me and then she'll start purring and then i fall asleep cuz having a cat purr like come up through your through your pillow like uh speakers is pretty pretty sleep inducing and then she'll and then she'll get mad because i'm not petting her or anything and then she'll storm off and wake me up again <laughs> my poor baby has a little infection so a little carmilla is on antibiotics so oh no twice a day i have to hold her while my stepmom like squeezes a thing of antibiotics down her throat <laughs> oh okay so but yeah, she's feeling a little under the weather, so I've been babying her extra because she's my 18-year-old sweet baby precious girl, and Jeez. I want to take care of her, and I don't want her to be, I don't like her being sick. <laughs> so and she just got back from the vet, and sadly, her kidneys are starting to go, so I'm babying uh, yeah. the fuck out of my baby. <laughs> but that happens when you're 18. Yep. In cat yep. years, I should I should that's, add. <laughs> that's why that's that's why they start making that old cat cat food to tax their yeah. kidneys a little less. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that happy note of my cat dying, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Kenobi and his soul dying because he gets destroyed by a child. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, there's all sorts of things going on in Kenobi's head in this. Like oh. I said, I don't, I, I, th there's faults in this, but there's also, I think there's like, at some point, like, there's, there's more going on in here than like it seems sometimes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, never mind. I've said too much. You ready? I'm ready. Act one. We. A little recap of last week, Obi-Wan Kenobi was a sad man on Tatooine, that is until Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers came along and was just like, hey you, are you Princess Leia? And little Leia was like, yeah, I'm Princess Leia and I fucking hate your music. And he's just like, fuck you child, and he kidnaps her for the third sister, who's also named Reva. And Reva's like, I want this mysterious revenge that I'm not telling anybody about, but will become very important later. And I need Kenobi. Ah, and she's the one that paid Flea, and Bale and Breha Organa are just like, oh no, our child. So Bale Organa kicks down at Kenobi's door, and he's just like, go find my child. And Obi-Wan's like, I can't, I gotta be sad, I'm sorry. And Bale Organa pretty much throws him out into the desert, makes him dig up his lightsaber, and puts him on the ship, and was like, go, fucking go. Or I, I will kidnap Luke Skywalker until you get my daughter back. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And then, so Obi-Wan Kenobi is off to find little Leia. We open this week in Space Hong Kong, and Obi-Wan is lost. He has no idea where to go. He doesn't know how to find Leia. And he's walking around town aimlessly, and he's just like, fuck, I forgot how to be a Jedi. I don't know what to do. What is the world? I'm used to living in a cave. I probably smell. 
that that sassy Jawas that I smelled. Oh God, this this was a mistake. And then behind him, he hears a, "Hey you, got any clone? Got any credits for a veteran?" And he turns around, and it's a fucking clone. And he's just like, "Hi, I'm not a Jedi. Please don't order 66. Have some money." And the clone's like, "Thanks. I'm Tamora Morrison. See you next time, probably in Mando season three." And like Kenobi just shuffles off, and he bumps into a spice dealer, and he's like, "Hey you, you look like my daughter." I mean, I mean in real life, not not my fictional daughter. I'm looking for my fictional daughter, but you're my real daughter. And she's like, "Thanks, Dad. I am no help to you." And he's like, "Great." So he's wandering around aimlessly until a little boy named Jaco comes along. Jaco is just like, "Hey." I know a Jedi. I'll take you to a Jedi. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, really? Okay, let's go, child. So then we meet Haja, who is awesome, and I love him. And Kamal Nanjiani just knocks this role out of the park. I love him so much. And he is scamming a little boy and his mom named Corrin. And, or the boy's name is Corrin. And Haja's just like, Hello, I am a mysterious Jedi. Look at all my cool abilities. I will get you to safety. Here is my Jedi mind trick. Take these people to safety. Oh no, you don't have to give me all your credits. Oh, but that's so nice. Give me more credits. One, that You got one more credit in there. Put it in the box. Okay, bye. Have fun in Karelia. And be safe. And Obi-Wan watches the whole thing, and and Obi-Wan's just like, what in the force fuck is happening right now? And he comes out, and after Corrin and his mom leaves, and Obi-Wan's just like, are you the Jedi? And Hasha's like, oh, yes, I am a Jedi. Hello, sir. The force is strong with me. And Obi-Wan's like, "Uh uh-huh. You know what's strong with me? He takes out a blaster, and he's just like, fuck you for, like, screwing over that family as a Jedi. Not that I would care. I don't care about the Jedi. That is not like a personal attack to me or my history or anything, man. And Haja's like, look, I'm just trying to make some money. I will help you. What do you need? You're looking for a little girl? Go to this place where they make spice. And that's where all the super scummy people are. That's going to be your best lead. And Obi-Wan's like, that was very helpful of you. And Haja's like, well, I'm a very layered character. So Obi-Wan goes to Breaking Bad Land, and he sees a worker, and he steals his outfit, and he's just like, let's hope Leia's in there, I guess, because if she's not in there, I don't know what else to do. So he breaks into Breaking Bad Land, and Obi-Wan's just like, doing the most awkward sneaking, like he's walking around aimlessly, like, don't be suspicious, but it's not like the, it's not the fun don't be suspicious don't be suspicious it's not that fun he's just like i'm like a dad awkwardly walking through a -a build-a-bear i guess (laughs) but he makes a distraction and he blows up a lab set and as everyone's just like oh no the lab set blow blow blown blown up i can't talk guys it's fine (laughs) uh he sneaks into the back room and he's walking down the hallway and some goons come out and they're just like hey you why are you here and he's just like i'm here to punch you And they're like, what? And then he fights them. And he's having a really bad time doing it. He's just like, oh my god, I haven't punched anyone in ten years. Ow, this all hurts. God, oh no, ow. So, but he kicks their asses. And he opens the door. And he sees a decoy and he pulls it off and it's not Leia. He's just like, oh my god, it's not Leia. What's that music? 
I hear music in the background. It's like really chill 90s bop. And Flea is just like, Hi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That Inquisitor was right. And she said you were come. So you must be Obi-Wan. And we've just called the Inquisitor. And, and Obi-Wan's just like, Oh, there's Inquisitors coming. Oh, no. Um, well, I gotta go then. And he breaks the thing spice and all the flea and he's just, flea's just like, ah, remember me. Oh, this is how you should listen to my music. All like chilled up and high. This is great. This is great. I love it. I love it. And Obi-Wan runs out of there and he falls, I guess the force. Cause he just kind of like puts a hand on the door and he's just like, I guess this is it. And he opens the door and he walks in. He's just like, Leia, are you in here? And she fucking clocks him with a chair and he's just like, ow. I'm a friend of your dad's, and she's like, uh, I don't know you, I don't trust you, why are you dragging me away? I guess I'll come with you, old man, but I don't like you yet. And he's like, that's fair, just let's go. And they leave the space to get out there, just as Reva is arriving on Dayu to cause some trouble. What'd you think of Act 1? It's, it's good, it's, it's, uh, maybe like my favorite act i don't know it's hard to say of of the uh, but it's it's i think it's the the most solid of the three because this is a lot in 10 minutes but it doesn't feel like a lot in 10 minutes no and, and like i think this episode has a lot a bit of i don't want to say filler but i think it could have been done in a lot shorter it, it it seems filled out a little bit it seems like okay you know we have to get the story from here to this point you know but it's gonna be for you it, it like okay so uh check off spice you know the 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 you know you know when he gets when the girl's like here have some spice for free you know and and slips obi-wan a vial of spice and it's also in a like glass round thing that looks like it would be good to throw on the ground and go flume with you know you you obviously you know that something's going to happen with that spice Uh, but it would have been a lot more fluid just to not have her have her in there and have when obi-wan's threading his way through through oh just just remember folks you heard it here first um Hope Mullen X compared Build-A-Bear to meth labs. I mean, I don't like Build-A-Bear. Oh, shut up! <laughs> but, gee whiz. Wow. I was trying to think and of, like, what, what's the thing that a dad could <laughs> awkwardly walk through for his daughter? <laughs> but, um, but he could have easily just grabbed himself a vial of spice there, knowing that he could d- pull that maneuver if he had to, you know? He could be like, okay, this could be useful in in all of this. You know, and it and it and it would have been like, oh, why is he grabbing that spice? And it's like, oh, he he knew he might have to like hit the hit the ground with it, you know. But well, on kind of that note, like the kind of like filling out time thing, something I do like about Obi Wan coming off of Andor because Andor is great, but it's not very pulpy. It doesn't have like the Star Wars pulp to it. This is very pulpy. Like you know, I love a good Star Wars city. Well, I love all these like colorful characters and stuff like that. Um, and it feels very like prequels pulpy versus Andor, which feels like it's more anchored to the real world. Well, so, well I, I, I like Andor's it. Andor also maintains cinematic all the way through it, you know? 
And sometimes it's it's cinematic isn't full cinematic, but that's because you got to work in a budget. But it maintains the same look all the way through. Now the first ha- the first episode of Kenobi was like three quarters cinematic. You know the music and this this one's almost all TV style. But like yeah, I the, the, I love news and this this one is kind of like seventies like port authority times square new york city it's 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 sleazy it's, it, it's it is it is directly based on hong kong i which is why i call hong it space kong? hong kong um that's what it's based on it really it re- like when when he first gets off the transport and he's in in that just sort of dingy dingy waiting area it just felt totally like port authority to me to me but I don't have any experience in Hong Kong, so you know, it's got a little yeah, and and like uh, by that that is it's it's a little similar to Blade Runner, but it also it, yeah, um, it also has a little bit of the uh, the volume to it, you know, in places. But that's that's in in Book of Boba Fett, which was pulpy inside and out. It did it wasn't as jarring is when it goes from cinematic to TV style. And like this, even the music, when it goes into TV style, the music is more cut to, because obviously those parts were probably like the parts that they couldn't spend as much money on. They were doing cheaper the, and faster. The so Leia, could, when he's chasing Leia in Act 2, like it feels like they're just running in a big circle because they're in the volume. Well, that's what I, I have notes of that. Like, yeah, they can't they can't run more than fifteen feet before you, you. They had to do it all. And and granted, it's it's I I'm fine with you know having those limitations and having to do it because they have to cut the scenes. You know, the character can only run fifteen feet before you either have to have them turn, or you have to cut and then reset up for for you know the next. 15 feet they're running in that direction because they can't they can't run into through the screen yet mm-hmm. um but uh <laughs> they could uh, but it would be a bad day for everybody it would be it would, it would be a great blooper reel for for when you know but actually, you know yeah uh, a really funny um uh, uh blooper from the show once upon a time and one of the actors is just like it's my wedding day and she runs off and the other two actors watch her and they're like she just ran through a wall <laughs> because she <laughs> because she passed with the wrong part of the green screen so it just looks like she just plowed through a wall um but one thing i want to say before you like uh go on about the pulpiness now that i think about it like book of a Bet was very original trilogy pulpy this is very prequels pulpy and so it does have a different pulp feel, but it's still both very Star Wars. And yeah, that, that clarified in my head as you were talking, but please continue. Uh, it, uh, um, it, it, it just, it's, it's showing, it's, it's showing the limitations of, of, of the budget, you know, like the, the stuff on this planet, it's, there's, there's some beautiful shots in it. But I notice it's not a, it's more about shots than like an actual sequence. And I I think that has to do I think there was a lot of shooting in this that they had to do quickly. And when you do sequences like that quickly, you might not be storyboarding them out and stuff or you might be editing them at the last minute. So you can't have you don't have I see. I think like what happened with what is a possibility with this is they filmed a lot of the cinematic stuff first 
so that they could film it, start editing, you know, Obi-Wan on, uh, uh, let's be honest, a lot of the stuff with just, uh, you, you know, where you and McGregor was involved for the, for the most part, but the, the, the ones that they wanted to look cinematic, they, they filmed first so that they could edit a mock-up of it. And then the, the, the woman doing the soundtrack could, you know, r- write and score the music to the action, you know? I do so it's, know. So it's it's going moment by moment. But when you do a scene like this where you don't have time, you might not have finished edits on it and stuff. You write music that's like, you know. I, and that I do way, know from you my can research. Cut it to anything and it'll work, you know. I do know from my research last week when I was like looking to the show, they only had Vivian, the actress who plays Leia, for the summer because that's when she was out of school. So right. all of the Vivian stuff, anything with Little Leo was was filmed in like three months. Um, right. It was so, like, yeah, it's like we got to get this, we got to get this cranking. Yeah, yeah, because they, they and, only uh, had her when she was out of school. And uh, and and you can see you can see those scenes. Like I said, this is like sort of lives in in hot mess area. Um, Did you call a it lot, a fever dream? Be- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a hot mess fever dream, you know, and 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 this this isn't the fever dream part of it. This is the hot mess part of it, which is you know the but the budget contra- constraints are showing through. The writing is, I you know honestly, I think they really had, like when they were planning this for a movie, it sounds like they had a really tight, tight movie, you know. And they had to they had to expand it out to make it in the sixes. So you, I, I'll bet you they added Riva to the show to give it another fork to the arc. You know, another tra- you know another traumatized character. You know, these are all traumatized characters after ten years of covering up their trauma and having it all sort of metastasized for all of them at once. You know sort of storyline and and they added Reva. there's a lot like there's a lot more running around in this than than necessary in this episode it it feels a little padded out but my only and 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 another thing that like but like within the budget good job there's 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 a good amount of aliens walking around in the in the Mm. in the city um granted they're mostly um um, you know, biped, you know, something you can put a two arms, two legs, put a human in a suit. But there's a good there's a good mix of aliens to humans in this. So, oh, yeah, because they're know, not in the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will uh, say uh, one. Of, this is one of my notes, I think, in act two or three. But one of my favorite things is one of the bounty hunters is just a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that's a Star Wars species, but I'm like, that's just a man with a raptor head. Look at he him reminds go. me of a. He reminds me of the Koopas from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, just look at him the go. underrated Super Mario Brothers movie. He's just a little. But guy. that's all I got for or for part one. Yeah. Um, yeah, my cute little raptor bounty hunter. He's just a little guy. And he gets shot, and he was just trying to make some money. It's fine. <laughs> As for my notes, uh. One of my things that I like about the opening scene when it's just Obi-Wan standing at the port 
is how meek and unsure he is. Like, it's very clear that he's been in a cave for 10 years and has, like, maybe only spoken to people at his job and occasionally Owen. Um, because he looks so lost and, and unsure. And a, and a Jawa. <laughs> and a Jawa. Like, he, he looks so lost and unsure. But what I like about this episode of where he is right here in this very opening shot to where he is at the end of the episode, it's like taking the skills of him as a Jedi and shaking the dust off. And like this episode is about brushing the dust off that and having Obi-Wan gain a little bit more confidence, which is like the majority of my Obi-Wan notes of like every step that he starts opening up more because a very big part of this theme is Obi-Wan reconnecting with everything. And like, he has to connect with the force. He has to connect with people because he's been so closed off. So that's why I like this very first shot. Cause he's just kind of standing on the platform of Dayo, a Dayo, Dayu going like, I don't know what to do. I have not done this. Oh my God. I have not, not been a Jedi in 10 years. Oh God. And it's just like brushing the dust off him. And where he starts in this opening shot in the end, like you just see him gain the confidence. And that's what I really like about this. Can we talk well, about it's the like Luke, It's like Luke after something traumatic happened. And like, if you want, if you're a Jedi and you want to sort of take yourself out of it, you sort of have to cut yourself off with the force. Otherwise, you're just going to attract shit, you know? Oh my God. That's one of my notes later. Oh my God, Chris. I'll come back, put a pin in that note because I'm going to be coming back yeah. to that in Act Two. Uh, actually, is it. It probably isn't around in Act Two, I'm, bet, I'm betting because I have. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, my next note is, is, oh my God, that clone trooper scene. Yeah, I that's love, great. That is so good. There's See, that's one of the little, that this is like peppered with little gems and that's one of them. That's just a great, that's another one. It's, it's a great moment on all levels as a Easter egg moment as, as, a, and, and this is like, Tamora Morrison and and Ewan McGregor are excellent actors, and there's a lot of pathos. There's a lot passing back and forth in that little tiny scene. Oh, uh, Ewan I, McGregor, Ewan McGregor. I mean, Tamora Morrison doesn't have to do much in it, but it's all about Ewan McGregor's reaction, reaction. to it. Just yeah. like yeah, because it's not just a clone trooper; it's a clone trooper wearing. Anakin's clone troopers armor. So it's an right. Anakin trooper. So you have that. You also have the tragedy of how the clones have been treated in this world, which to me like ties so well into Bad Batch because one of the themes of Bad Batch is what's happening to the clones as they're being phased out and being left behind. And we'll, we'll put a pin in the, the this episode. I'm calling this episode the Anakin PTSD episode because this is where everything is everything is reminding Obi-Wan of Anakin. <laughs> yeah. So that that scene is so short, but I could have watched that scene for like mm -hmm. five minutes of a talk of just them. Because there's also fear too. Like, these are the people who killed off Obi-Wan's kind, but look well, at them the in the gutter. You can't really talk to him, you know. He's got I know. like he, it's yeah. I know. But there's it's so, so... Char it's so charged it has more power by the less time that it 
takes place, you know? Absolutely. Like, if they would have had a talk or, like, he bought him a meal or something, like, but it is No, every second Obi-Wan was sitting there was just another second that that clone could have sobered up enough to be like, Obi-Wan, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because there's that, too, because it's Anakin's troops. Like, there's yeah. always the chance he could be recognized. But yeah. it's also the tragedy of the clones, too, that they were once these great heroes, and now they're, like, begging for credits just to have a meal like there's at least this one <laughs> so much there oh <laughs> um i like the cute little meta joke that the spice dealer is ewan mcgregor's daughter and has the line of i was someone's daughter once too <laughs> i don't know terrible I haircut she has she has her dad's attack of the clones mullet yeah sort of sort of She's sort of like that haircut was also like, like kind of big during the time period her dad was in train spotting too. So I don't know, but it's yeah, it uh, might just be her hair. They just greened it up for for this, or who knows? That might just be her hair. I don't know. I don't know. But she did remind me of the mods in Book of Boba Fett a little bit. Yes, like, she yeah. looks like somebody who would run with the mods. So um, I'm gonna get all my little old notes out of the way before I come back to like Hotsha and my my other big note. Um, I just find it interesting to watch Obi-Wan use a blaster because unlike Kanan, who was a cowboy Jedi, who was very comfortable with a blaster, you can tell it's the uncivilized weapon. He hates them. He hates, he hates them. them. Yeah. And so, but it's very interesting to watch him use one because... And he's got it, and he's uses that blaster way more than Obi-Wan would ever want to use a blaster. <laughs> exactly. He was, he's um, hating it. I really love this Spice Lab set piece because it's very unique and it's very different from a lot of the things we've seen in Star Wars. Um, it actually kind of reminded me of the uh, meat processing plant in the Mando first Mando episode of Book of Boba Fett. This episode, this series, this episode in particular, like reminds me a lot of Book of Boba Fett in a lot of ways, but in a different era. Um, it has a very similar feel. I think they were made at the same time under similar production. Um, situations yeah so. um i but i also love obi-wan in that meth lab setting because he's so awkward as chris has pointed out that i said like a dad and a build-a-bear <laughs> but but i think that scene of him just like awkwardly walking through is another like tell of where he is on this because mm -hmm. i kept thinking about to the clone wars arc when obi-wan has to go undercover as a bouncy hunter and work with cad bane and in that arc, like, sure, he has some moments where he, like, paused before he had to kill something because he's a Jedi. But he was still pretty solid and, like, could play the role. And he knew what he was doing. He was very confident and stuff like that. But I liked the scene as simple as him walking through the meth lab because, again, he's so rusty at doing these kind of things that he's kind of trying to, like, get the feel back and it goes into the next scene where he has the fight in the back room because I love when he like punches someone and he has that look of like, ow, that fucking hurt! Because he like catches his hand on the Zabrax horns. And it's such a nice detail because he's starting to like kind of get more into the swing of being a Jedi again. But this whole entire act is about him like getting, like brushing off the cobwebs and like kind of getting back into that motion again. And it's it's all great. I really love that. But I, and I really do love the Zabrak. I think that he looks really great in live action. Yeah. Uh, and my last small note before I go back to Haja, because I have a lot of Haja notes um, in all three acts. 
Um, I love Obi-Wan's first introduction to Leia is her fucking clocking him with a chair. That's how she greets everybody that comes to rescue her. <laughs> it's so good. He's just like, Leia, and she just slams him with she it. She was an asshole to Luke Skywalker when he came to rescue her. She was an asshole to Han Solo. She was immediately hostile to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's it was very on and- character for Leia. And she was only interested in, like, at that point, like, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, to go back to Hasha, and this is my first of, like, many notes, but it's kind of like the intro to Hasha. I love this character, and I love this whole spiel of him being a fake Jedi. I think it's very clever, and I like how he, like, does it, like, with the madness and everything, and... He's a character that reminds me of a lot of our animated scum and villainy characters. Like, he is not a Cad Bane. He is, like, a Vizago or, like, a Rebels Hondo. Like, when Hondo was, like, the funnel grandpa kind of Hondo. And I like that because it gives it a very animated character kind of feel. But the reason I also like that is... Because he's a very Hondo-like character. And Hondo and Obi-Wan were very on-again, off-again allies. So it feels like a nice connection of a character that Obi-Wan used to be familiar with. And so it makes it a very familiar story beat. Because Hasha is saying a lot of things that Hondo would have said. Ewan McGregor is saying a lot of things that animated obi-wan would have said to hondo so it feels like a very familiar story beat but it's a fresh spin because it's not james arnold taylor animated it's live action obi-wan saying it to a very hondo character so i really love this introduction of them meeting each other i'm not digging him at first because he's written very he's written and acted very tv character that's in, what I love about it, though. It's kind of campy. In, in a movie. Yeah, it, it, it grew on me, but, like, not at first. I was like, uh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit campy. Do you mean, like, the first time you watched it, or? Both. Or both times. I'm, I'm like, it's a little, it's a little broad, you know. He's, 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 he's playing the role. He's projecting that he's a con man more than, like, like, He's projecting too much of a con man to have a little kid who might be force sensitive sitting in front of him. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like that was another thing, though, is having uh, that that sort of I think might have slipped under the radar is having Obi-Wan near a force sensitive kid (laughs) in that scene. You know, that they like. And Obi-Wan's starting to, like, dust off this stuff. They might have been, you know, they're, they're, they're probably all just subtly influencing each other, you know? I don't... And and he's, like, being around Leia, who's also Force-sensitive, you yeah. know? And I don't quite think it's a... Anakin's loins. I... What about Anakin's loins? Sprung. Sprung oh, from sprung. Anakin's loins. Um, she sprang. I thought you said splurt. <laughs> No, Which she did, but <laughs> I, I guess yes. Um, but I, I, I slightly disagree with you because the whole point of Leia falling is he's been cut off from the Force, so I don't think he fully opens himself back up to the Force at all until Leia's falling. So I, I can buy that he doesn't sense that Corin is Force sensitive because he's not open to the Force yet. So I don't, I don't know. It didn't bother me. 
What do you think, listeners? Leave us a comment. Do you think it's a missed opportunity, or do you think Obi Wan well, still close enough to the Force? <laughs> I, I know. I, I even if he is shut, I think it's 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 because there's just so many little areas here where he's where he's brushing. He's starting to just have little more and more little brushes with the Force, you know. Yeah. Until he has to actually use it, you know. Yeah. So. Or more little reminders. But that is just the beginning of my Haja notes. Uh, I will get more into them when we get more into Haja, mostly in Act 3. Um, but that's all I have for Act 2, I or Act 1, I whatever fucking act we're on. <laughs> Did you have anything else? I do not. All right. Act 2? Act 2. So Riva arrives and she sees Flea on the floor and she's like, oh, Christ, fuck, why can't we, you musicians and your drugs. And she like walks out and Obi-Wan and Leia have fled, but it's time for Riva to hunt them. And while they're walking around, Leia's like, oh, my God, you're a Jedi. And he's just like, yeah, I shut up. Don't say that out loud. You have to whisper those things. You can't say that out loud. And Leia's like, aren't you old? At your decrepit old man age of 48. And then Hope cried because she's only like 10 years from that. It's fine. <laughs> and there, and Obi-Wan's like, look, don't say I'm a Jedi. Don't talk to me. Don't touch anything. Don't smell anything. Stop breathing. We have to go across the city before, to get on the last transport and get the fuck out of here. Let's go. And Leia's just like, you said fuck. Only I can say fuck because I'm fucking Carrie Fisher. <laughs> fuck you. And they walk off. Oh my god, Leia's gonna curse the rest of us because she's tiny Carrie Fisher. It's fine. Um, meanwhile, as all this is happening, everyone stops and they're like, do you feel that? It's like a sexy wave is coming in and everyone turns around and there's Grande boyfriend and he's all glorious and he's with the fourth sister and the fifth brother and they're walking along and he's just like, hello everybody, I'm here, time for me to be pissed. Reva, what the hell? You stole a senator's daughter? What are you thinking? And Reva's like, yeah, I did your job. Because, you know, if maybe if you were actually good at your job, you would have saw that Bell Organa and Obi-Wan Kenobi were friends. So I did your job. And he's just like, oh, you cute little piece of gutter trash. I'm going to take over for you and go after Obi-Wan myself. Stand down. But we're not going to watch you or, like, you know, put you on a ship or anything. We're just going to leave you for you to do whatever the fuck you want. And she's like cool grande i promise not to be bad and he's like thank you and they all walk away and reva flicks them off and then goes and puts a bounty on obi-wan because of course she does <laughs> so she wants a bounty to flush him out and all the bounty hunters across the city get their on their little iphones a notification they're like oh we gotta look for this hot obi-wan guy let's go and the hunt is on and doing all this, Obi-Wan sees his face on a on a bounty page, and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck my life. And he looks at Leia, and he's like, we need new clothes. And let's go here. Put on here. Put on your tiny little indoor outfit. And yeah, and she's like, can I have the gloves? And he's like, get her the gloves. I don't, I, which is, yes, you can have the gloves, baby, sweetie, precious baby, who is, you're technically my granddaughter, because Anakin was like a son to me. So that means you're like my granddaughter. Do you want two pairs of gloves? I can't be a, I will not be a good grandparent right now. 
And so he dresses her up in her little indoor outfit, and they're off. And she's looking at him, she's like, so why are you a Jedi? And he's like, I was born this way? And she's like, okay, Lady Gaga, but why don't you tell, why don't you tell me about being a Jedi? Why aren't you making me float? Why aren't you pulling out your lightsaber? Why aren't you doing Jedi things? And Obi-Wan's like, why don't you shut up? Think about that. And because he's so close off, Leia's growing suspicious of him because she's like, hmm, he's not doing Jedi things. He might be a bad guy, but you know what? Good on her for stranger danger. She don't know this fucking man. She don't know who he is. So she's starting to go into like stranger danger mode. During all this, Haja's little helper, Jaco, sees the bounty and he runs to Haja, who has one of my favorite lines of the episode, where Jaco's like, look at this Look at this bounty price. And Haja goes, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Love that line. So they decide to go out and find Obi-Wan. And Grande is shutting down the city because, of course, he is. And he's beautiful. And he's just like, no one leaves. No one goes. But Fourth Sister is like, hey, I have one line in this. And then I don't think I talk for the rest of the show. Look at this Grand Inquisitor. And they see that Reva has put a bounty on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's beautiful and gorgeous and steamy and all teeth and elbows. And he's just like, ah, this really miffed my day. So Reva also is standing on the rooftop like Batman. And she's like, I will find you. I am justice. I am the knight. I am revenge. I will find you, Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, I just suddenly get, like, chills that I'm, like, supposed to be the Joker or something. Ugh. And so Obi-Wan and, Lo- and Leia go into an alley, and they decide to, like, camp out there because they are now aware that everyone's looking for him. And Leia is sad because her little robot Lola is broken, and she's like, Lola got hurt. And Obi-Wan responds with, good. <laughs> And that makes her sad because Obi-Wan just put down her friend. And Obi-Wan sees that he made her sad. And she, he comes down and she's like, I'm sorry, what happened to her? Like, is, we'll, we'll take care of Lola when we're out of this. It's going to be okay. And Leia's just like, okay. And then she sees the bounty puck with Obi-Wan's face on it. And she realizes that she was just a pawn in all this. And the reason that she was kidnapped was because... They wanted to get to Obi-Wan and they used her. And she thinks that Obi-Wan is a bad guy and part and was one of the kidnappers anyway. So she panics and goes into stranger danger mode. And Obi-Wan is like, oh my god, please don't, don't run away. Please come back. And they go on a 15-foot chase in circles for like three minutes. And she finally gets away as a bounty hunters start opening fire on Obi-Wan in the marketplace. And all the Inquisitors start to move in. And Leia climbs to the rooftop to get out of the mayhem. And Obi-Wan follows her. And they uh, are running across the rooftops. And he's like, Leia, please stop. Let's talk about this. I'm not I'm not here to hurt you. And she's just like, no, stranger danger, fuck you. Fuck you. I gotta get away from you, stranger danger. And as this is happening, bounty hunters are shooting. And across the city, Reva sees the lights and literally parkours the entire fucking way there. And I love it. It's so campy. It's awesome. I love watching her just parkour across the city. And it's awesome. And as all this is happening, Leia finally gets to the edge of the roof. And she has nowhere else to run. And she sees the gap. And she looks back at Obi-Wan, who she's really scared of. And Obi-Wan's like, Leia, don't! Don't jump! And she jumps and she doesn't make it, and she's falling, and she grabs the rope, and Obi-Wan's like, hold on, Leia, hold on, and he's trying to reach out for her, for her, and Leia 
falls towards the street below. Bum bum bum. What do you think of Act Two? Ah, this is my least favorite act. I think a lot of running around and wheel wheel spinning with the like stranger danger part. I think that could have been worked out a lot fat faster. You know. I disagree, but I'll tell you why I disagree um, when you're done with your notes. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like, this one has like some of the most TV energy. Like uh, when, when Reva like puts out the, the, the bounty and she's talking to Flea on the, it's it, it reminds me of the Star Wars holiday special, actually, where Boba Fett's going, I am the best bounty hunter, you know, I am the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. She's just like, and we will do this and we will do this. And then, you know, and I will be waiting. You know, she's she's giving flea like bad guy exposition <laughs> over the radio. Um, um. I like the I like the make me float part that you know, Chekhov's float that he eventually would have to make her float. I guess it was supposed to like sort of go along with the Last Jedi, you know. It's also just a cute little kid rocks. thing to do. Like it's a, it's something like a little kid was like, "You can make me float, make me float." Like I love that. It's it's just a kid thing, too. Well, I also think maybe since he was cut off from the Force and she's got midichlorians teeming with midichlorians. That, like, maybe she was, uh, you know, like, thinking, like, yeah, I don't really sense a lot of force coming off. Or some part of her was like, I don't sense a lot of force coming off this dude. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, what is Grande listening to in those blue f- Bluetooth headphones he's got on? Do you want me to know? Well, actually, because I know exactly what they are. <laughs> they look just like Bluetooth headphones because they have to have with those little red lights on them. They're silver and rebels, like so they're not as noticeable. But um, it's something that all Palins wear. So if you go back and watch the original, like the the prequel trilogy when they're on Utapal, they all have those ear caps. They all have and them. it's because um, Palins have such highly intense, sensitive hearing. They have to wear them, or else hearing is painful. But that's also why that Powans are considered like really prominent aides in the Senate because they have such good hearing they can spy on people. Uh, but those are actually ear caps that everyone ear caps and that everyone in their species wears. But they, but I don't know why they're black here because they're definitely um, like yeah they look like, like they look like Bluetooth headphones. I think Swiss they're what I know when he's the temple guard they're gray. Um, but Grand Inquisitor, um, but they are, let me see, I'm trying to find it. No, they're black and rebels. Okay. So when he's the Grand Inquisitor, they're also black, but when he's the temple guard, they're gray. So seeing him in real life, make him look more like headphones, I guess is. They do. They do. They're, they're much, um, they're, they're, they look much more proportional. And I think the reason they look so big is because Grande's head and animation is longer so they actually like they don't look as big, but because Ralph Wren's head is not long and it's pointy up, they look really big on his ears. So I, like that's something I wish they kind of like digitally like edited down a little bit because they do stick out a little bit. But I still love him. Um, I'm gonna fuck his face. My only my only other note is uh, Riva's parkour is is definitely like better better parkour than in Book of Boba Fett. 
was that the, they had they did some good parkour effects on that where she looks like a like a you know like she's running like an animal with on all fours across the like you know launching herself up and stuff it was nice it was a combination of real parkour and force powers and it was it was it was done nicely i like the I, one I could, where she like knocks I, down the beam as the force and just runs up it as it's still falling yeah that was yeah. one i liked but uh yeah that's all i got for part two um as for me uh let me get through my little notes um I already talked about the one Donnie Hunter, which is just a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> um, I love that Leia is like the best blend of Anakin and Padme. And of course, we'll come back to that in like Act 3 when the show screams Padme rights. Um, but it's it, it's she's just the right amount of blend of the two of them because she has both of their like stubborn, sassy traits. And... What what are your feels feelings on Leia's little indoor outfit? Because I like it, even though it's on the nose. It's very on the nose, but I kind of like that it's on the nose. I'm like, oh, she's wearing her indoor outfit. Yeah, I I, I mean, it's okay. It, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. But I think they they, you know, they didn't have to. <laughs> like that, and, and that's kind of like. Some of their Easter eggs are very much Easter eggs. Like, next week's episode, one of the things carved on the wall is the symbol of the High Republic. And I'm like, that is a fucking niche Easter egg right there. But then you have these ones where it's just like, oh, she's in her indoor outfit. And I'm like, "Ah, I think it's cute. But it is very, like, look at the thing. We did the thing. Did you see that we did the thing? So, when it comes... When it comes to buying the gloves, Obi-Wan would have been, like, the perfect granddad to Luke and Leia if, like, Anakin and Padme worked out and survived and, like, stayed good and all that. Because, like, I love that glove scene where she's, like, picking up the gloves and he's just like, you don't need those. And he blinks and he's like, we'll take the gloves. <laughs> That's such granddad energy and I love it for him. Um, I like Anakin's little connection through Leia because she also loves her droid just like he did. It's such a nice little thing of just she has that bit of him. And uh, that's all my little notes. So big notes. haha. Something I find so interesting in this show, which I, I kind of have seen in like the comics, but I like watching it here, is the politics of the Inquisitors and what they have to do. Because Vader is a Sith Lord. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Because he's Anakin Skywalker, and Anakin Skywalker doesn't have fucks to give about anybody, right? Right, he's basically number two to the... Em- he's the hand of the Emperor, so, like, he has a, a, a great... These guys are stooges. These guys are stooges, you know? But that's what I like about it, because Grande has to be more delicate. Uh, the Inquisitor... Because he's the head of the Inquisitoria. So he's like the number three of this like side of the army. Uh, of like the Forest Army, I should say. He's like the number three. And the Inquisitorius has to be careful. Because they remember... They like to live. Everybody well, likes well, no. to stay alive. <laughs> nope, not even that. It's more important than that. Because they are still in a time where they need the Senate. Palpatine is still like nine years away from dissolving the Senate. 
And right. if it gets out that one of his little guys kidnapped yeah. a kid of a senator, it can make the entire Senate turn on Palpatine. So I do like like that he's like little yeah, thing. Yeah, he's for not Grande's. worried about the. Yeah, he's just worried about Palpatine being mad though for whatever for whatever reason though. Yeah, you know, but that's he's he's not like we must I, you know, know we have to keep the Senate. Chris, uh, let me finish my note. I'm almost done with my note. But the reason I like the politics of that is because Anakin doesn't have to give a fuck, Grande does. Because whatever Anakin fucks up, I love this like kind of like thing where the Inquisitors are kind of like the Anakin Skywalker cleanup crew. But because like Vader, that makes Vader the boogeyman, but Grande is kind of like the district manager that has to keep everything running. And I think that's really funny. But I also think it's very interesting because like of that role that Grande plays. Um, because they're all sort of vying for that position of being district manager. Then, <laughs> of staying well, yeah, they're all vying. Me. They're all vying to be Darth Vader, and then when you're Darth Vader, you're all vying to be Emperor. You know, so I don't know yeah. how much Darth Vader. That's one point of Anakin's character I never felt is I don't think he ever wanted to be Emperor. He was just sad boy I, I, and angry. I think he wanted it for a little I think there was a time when he was fooling himself in Return of the Jedi up till Return of the Jedi when he thought, Luke and I can take over and then we can run this, you know, not like the Emperor or what you know, basically fooling himself as if like he didn't become the Emperor. But I think there was a t- you know, I think he 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 gives Luke the pitch of it, you know, and and he also says, you know, you and I can overthrow the emperor and rule a galaxy. You know, I think he thought he could pull that off for a little while, you know, talked himself into it. Yeah. And I think that's the key. I think Vader doesn't have any options. So he talks to himself into it as that being the only option. I think Grande actually fucking wants it. He's like, I could run this fucking galaxy. Reva, you're messing with senators. Why are oh, yeah. you doing this? Grande is that person who's actually read the owner's manual of like how I, to like of, of a car to know how everything works while Anakin is just like, I'm just gonna fucking drive the car. <laughs> I think Reva's different from all the other Inquisitors. We've, I, I think all the other, so I, I think just being Sith, being you know, using Sith powers means that you're all and and you know and palpatine knows it uh, he knows everybody's everybody's working up so he's got to keep them all on their separate leashes including vader but like you know i mean that's the way of the sith is you take the only way to go up is to take out the person ahead of you there's a there's only a certain number of sith that can be around and and there's only a certain number so that means there's only a certain number of inquisitors that are could possibly go up to sith if that ever you know I mean, when when Darth Vader goes down, there's got to be another pa- uh, apprentice. So, like, you know, they're they're all probably balancing all that, and you know, and but if an Inquisitor fucks up, yeah, they'll just chuck them in the, you know, chuck them in the fireplace. They don't they don't care. But Reva's different because she's she has her you know revenge. Uh, she wants her catharsis with Anakin and Obi Wan, basically. <laughs> I you think, know, and, and we, we talked about this last week. I think she's a newbie because it feels like all the other ones have been there for a while and she just kind of like joined like two months ago or something. <laughs> like, if well, feels I like also she's think new. They, they hate her also because I think they think she's more powerful, but they also like probably don't trust her because they don't think she's also motivated by the same things. But 
you know, I mean, they're they're berating her and stuff, but like they're 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 evil characters. If they're berating somebody and running her down like that, they're they're in some way like scared of her, you know. So, you know, there's all that. There, you know, these are all massive pieces of shit fighting with each other. So, their their motivations are, you know. <laughs> or you know their 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 actions are not always like literal. I don't think you know. I I think I think that I mean, she fucking she fucking puts her lightsaber through Grande's belly, you know, and he doesn't even see it coming. So yeah, to quote something I wrote in Act Three, they are all petty, salty bitches, and that's yeah, what they're bad yeah, at. Yeah. That's what they're good at. That's they're what. That's at- why they're there. That's how they got there. That's how they they're got there. Alpine was like, "Look bitches. at these petty, petty little salty bitches. I'm gonna have them salt around the spread salt around the galaxy." Yeah, but and I I'll wa- and it's fun. It's fun to watch them kill each other. It makes me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just interesting because it also like shows how much like Riva is so different from them because both fifth brother and fourth sister. Um, are like falling in my mind grande. They're like, no, you can't steal a sitters. Like we all read the owner's manual. We went to the conference. We sat through the we sat through the orientation. As 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 little dark siders, they all have to have a secret agenda, but her secret agenda isn't really like the right secret agenda. You know, the secret agenda is like being the last one alive, you know, being the being on top at the end. And hers isn't necessarily being on top at the end at all. It's it's getting her it's getting her satisfaction. She needs to get sassified. She so needs, she needs some balm applied to her her wounds, her traumas. But that's the thing, and that's why it's so important because revenge is not a heal all balm. It's not, and that's a very Star Wars thing that we'll get to in a few episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um. My little note before I get into the latest Stranger Danger uh, is actually what we were kind of talking about, alluding to in Act 1, which I really like the tie-in with the Mandalorian. And also Last Jedi and Jedi Fallen Order. Because Ahsoka tells Den that Grogu was struggling with the Force because using the Force is a skill they have to practice to maintain. So it's kind of like exercising. If you haven't exercised in a while and you suddenly start exercising, it's going to suck. And without practice, their abilities will fall away. And it reminded me a lot of Luke, as you said in Act One. Um, it's like when Luke cut him off himself off in the Force, and in Je- Jedi Fallen Order, that's something that uh, Sarah does too, and she cuts herself off to, for, off to the Force. So this is just kind of nice seeing it here because there is precedence, and I do think it's a nice callback to both Mando and the Last Jedi that Obi Wan's having to do it here too because he's essentially cut himself off as well. Um. Yes. So, okay, I mean, I said I disagree with you. I don't mind Leia's Stranger Danger, and because, in like, I'm usually not the biggest fan of misunderstanding story arcs, but I don't mind it here, because it's in character for both of them. And this is a character moment for both of them to grow. Because Leia is not wrong. She has no reason to trust Obi-Wan because he's not talking with her, he's not sharing anything with her, he's not giving her any reason for her to trust him. Because he's so focused on trying to get off the planet, but he's also staying so closed off to everybody. And a big point of this show is him learning how to open back up to the galaxy around him 
that he's actually being detrimental to saving Leia. Because, like, you know, she has this little girl moment of just being like, my little friend is hurt. And he literally looks at her and says, good. And that's cruel. Like, that's a cruel thing to say. And well, he's luckily, mad. He, <laughs> he's well, stressed he, and mad. <laughs> he's stressed and mad. But the thing is, is he does correct it immediately because he sees how his words hurt her. Because he's Obi-Wan. Yeah. And, and that is his growth. Because up to that good, up to where he says that to her, he's not giving her any reason for her to trust him all he is saying because like any bounty hunter could have walked up to Leia and been like your father sent me yeah. come with me here's and a, here's she, the thing oh, he could have just popped him up on the phone and said say hi to your dad <laughs> that i will give you that that is a little bit of a plot hole because he does say said i already contacted your parents he's call called him yeah and, and, and told him what's going on so that is he the only plot he, hole of this he could have included Leia in that call and it would have been it would have made everybody a lot happier. But you know, it would have we, made everybody a lot more reasonable for him. Though <laughs> I will say that for all we know, it could have just been a code. Like you could, if, if they would have worded it like I sent the code to let him know you're OK. Instead right, of, right. A, an actual call would like have yeah. be like traceable and stuff like that. But if he just texted Bell like three, five, eight, seven. Bill will know that. Yeah, no, he said something like, "I, you know, I told him we were on our way, or what, you know, or whatever." But I'm assuming he he's using his his little stick from yeah. Before. But that's that's why I don't mind this misunderstanding scene because the whole point of this is not only getting her to trust him, but it's to make Obi Wan open up, and he hasn't been doing that. But when he sees how much his actions and words are hurting her that's when he starts to open up and she starts coming around. And then we get into the misunderstanding storyline, which I kind of wish those were kind of reworded in a different, like kind of executed better. But I don't mind the stranger danger because this girl just got kidnapped like twice and has no reason to trust anybody. And she probably as a princess gets regularly threatened of kidnapping. So she, her parents are probably just like, well, she just got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like, like her parents have probably put, into her little prince's head stranger danger so she's doing everything right if a strange man i don't know came up was just like i know your father come with me i'd just be like ah i don't know <laughs> i'd be questioning it too so no i like i have no i have no problems with the stranger danger storyline because she's doing everything she should be doing as a princess child and I he's not doing anything to help his situation until he finally starts actually treating her like a person and not as a mission yeah. I just saw. I just thought they like they they just it it went on a little little too long. I, I agree. The execution could have been better. Yeah, I I, I yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Give me one second. I need to blow my nose. Oh, excellent. <sighs> yeah, I've been over here like sniffling on mute, <laughs> but. Um, that's all I have for Act Two. Do you have anything else? No, you want to wrap this drunk clone trooper up? I would like to make make him a meal and make sure he gets help. That's what I'm saying. Wrap him up in a nice warm blanket and give him some hot soup. Yeah, and while we do that, uh, 
wonder why Veterans Affairs and the Empire doesn't work. Oh, wait, it's under a fascist government. Of course Oops. it doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, Act 3. Act 3. Oh, no, Leia's falling to her death. But she doesn't because Obi-Wan finally connects with the Force and the music swells and he catches her and he makes her float and she's just like, wow, you are a Jedi and then he just appears down there like like he catches her, sets her down and is just suddenly in the alley and I'm just like, oh, okay. And all the people look on and stare at them because they just saw a little child fall from a building float and then run away and they're like we gotta get out of here man so they run to the spaceport and it's blocked by inquisitors and leia's like who are those guys they look hot and great and he's like they're not hot i'm hot i'm ewan mcgregor they're bad jedi and she's like "Mm, i think they're still hot and you're still old but and he's like we don't have time to talk about this if they're blocking all the spaceports how the hell are we supposed to get off this planet and oh no a bounty hunter suddenly shows up but literally for two seconds because then Haja shows up and kills the bounty hunter droid and he's runs up he's just like Obi-Wan I want to help you out and Obi-Wan's like ah, I don't I don't I don't know if I can trust you dude I don't I don't think so and Haja's like did I lead you wrong before didn't I tell you exactly where to go to find the girl here this is how you get off planet that ship up there See it? I'm pointing at it. Uh, is an automated ship, and it will get you off the planet, and it will take you to a person on this planet that I don't remember. It starts with an M. But there's a lady there, and she's great, and she's going to help you get to where you need to go because I want to make amends because I'm going to be a very Jedi-like character for real this time. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, you are being very brave in Jedi, aren't you? He's like, yeah, it's almost like I was written to be kind of a foil of this episode, Obi-Wan. Anyway, I will buy you as much time as we can, and you and Leia run. And so they run off, and they leave Hasha behind, and Hasha's like, bye! Good luck! Meanwhile, Grande has his spinning lightsaber, and he looks great doing it. And he's walking up to flee, and he leans in, and he's just like, by the way, I hate your music. And flee is like, you bastard! And Grande I guess kills him because he just screams and I'm assuming he's dead. So bye, Flea. Thanks for having Star Wars. Good luck on your tour. Um, and Rima is still parkouring around and she drums down to the streets and she sees a hooded figure and she stops and it's Haja and he's just like, hello, I am Jedi Master Haja. And Reva literally has a face of like, what the fuck, dude? I don't have time for you. <laughs> Please move. And he's just like, no. I'm here for you to stop you. And she's like, okay. And then she stops. She's like, no, okay, yeah, wait. You know where Obi-Wan is, don't you? And Haja's like, I I don't know. And he's like, she's like, I'm going to make this really fast. So she quickly tortures him, throws him on a wall, reads his mind. And Haja's just like, ow, 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 ow. I'm a normal human being. Please don't kill me. I have to be in like three more episodes. That's what my contract said. And Reva's like, well, if you're under contract, there's one thing I fear more than Palpatine, and that's Disney. So I'll leave you alive. And she leaves Haja and she runs out. And at the cargo port, Leia is spouting off about... Uh, I lost my spot. Oh, Leia's just like, Obi-Wan, we should totally trust the Haja person. And he's like, why? And she's like, shouldn't we have friends? Because everyone else is trying to kill us, and he was really, really nice to us. So we should take a leap of faith. 
and trust him. And Ben's like, <laughs> you remind me so much of Padme and I'm not crying and your Aunt Ahsoka would have loved you because your grand OB does. <laughs> Let's get on the ship, child. I love you so much. And she's like, why are you crying? And it, But they don't have time for that because Reva arrives. And he's just like, okay, Leia, here's a, the MacGuffin to get on the ship. Run and I'll buy you time. Don't wait for me. And she's like, okay, old man, goodbye. And so he hides and he's just like moving around the crates, you know, turning every 15 feet to get around the crate. And Reva's like, don't worry, Obi-Wan, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to talk, take you to Lord Vader. Oh, wait, didn't you leave Lord Vader on a lava pit on Mustafar in episode three? And you just assumed he was dead and just left him there to die because you were too cowardly to off himself and thus doomed all of us for, you know, the rest of the Skywalker saga. No, he's still alive. And Obi-Wan's like, what? Anakin, my brother, baby boy, is still alive. Oh my god, and he's shook, and he's just staring there, and Ewan McGregor is silently acting up a storm like a goddamn master he is. But as she's about to jump out and get him, Grande is just like, third sister, what are you doing? And she's like, wait, I, Obi-Wan's literally behind this box. Just let, just let me move the box, and then I'll deal with you. And he's just like, no, this is my kill. And then the Inquisitors do what they do best. They're petty, salty bitches, and they start fighting. And because they start fighting with each other, Obi-Wan's just like, well, it's time for me to go. And he just moseys on out of there because Reva and Grande are in a screaming match with each other. And he's just like, bye, guys. And Reva's like, you know what? Fuck you. She's Stabs my sweet precious baby boy, and Grande's just like, Ow, my hotness, you got me right in the abs. Like, I need those abs for my fangirls. What the fuck, dude? I'm gonna remember this. You just don't you just don't hurt my abs just all willy-nilly. And then he lays down on the floor and he's just like, blah, she got me in the hotness. And Roby One's just like, get on the ship, get on the ship, get on the ship. She jumps on, he jumps on the ship and Leia smacks the button and they fly off as Reva runs over and Reva is big mad. And she's like, I'll find you, Obi-Wan. I'm coming for you. And Obi-Wan sits there in shock, staring at nothing until it has a jump scare to Darth Vader in a back to tank looking scary as heck because he's about to wake up and become a menace to society. It's okay. The I end. didn't like that. The tension music was really generic in the, in this section, but I like, I like how it ended with him just sitting there with Darth Vader trauma face <laughs> and, and he's just been woken enough in a, in the force that Darth Vader's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Hi, Obi-Wan. I'm coming for you. But, um, that's really all I had to, had to say about the, the, the end of this. It was also, it, it's really? also, yeah, it, the the whole episode is 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 kind of like even though they're on like kind of a big world it's it's everything and it's it's probably the volume is just seems very small like small and enclosed in you know claustrophobic and uh, I'll agree with you there yeah 
Um, but, uh, yeah, it, yeah, this, the, yeah, it, yeah, I, I, it was, it, it was better than the second part because everything was moving along a lot, a lot faster. But, yeah, not a lot to say about it. Huh. All right, well, here's all my big Hasha notes, but I'll get all my little shit out of the way <laughs> first. Um, we started at the top. Um, I'll just go straight down. Why not? We'll go. We'll go straight through. I love when Obi Wan has to open back up to the force to say Leia. Uh, the kid that he was trying to get out of. Oh, 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 oh! Sorry, I didn't realize what I wrote. Let me try that again. So, I love that it's Leia that. Obi-Wan has to open up to the Force too and not Luke. And that's that's kind of the highlight of the show for me is him forming this relationship with Leia because he's always had this kind of bond with Luke. And because he was trying so hard to get out of saving this kid last episode and now he's having to say her. And I like that it's not easy either. Like it's a struggle to use the Force and I really like that. But one of the scenes that kind of gets me too is all the people in the background watching this happen. They're watching yeah. Leia float and they see Obi-Wan. And I know we never, ever, ever go back to those people, but any of those people had every chance to be like, there's a Jedi, there he is, right. get him. And right. that would have probably got them like a lot of money or kind of like would have got them on the Empire's good side and they don't. Because the Jedi are such a symbol of hope. And for them to witness one was probably like this really big moment of for them. And they don't they don't rat them out. They had every right. chance to to be like, they're over right. here. And, well, they I, and I like that they didn't make a big deal of it. It just happened. But mm. it's another thing. It, it also it reminds me a little bit of uh, Last Jedi, you know, the last shot in The Last Jedi, you know. The broom boy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, let me talk about Haja because I really love him. I love his character, and it really goes into the whole like all the characters uh, that Obi Wan meets are a piece of him kind of thing. Haja is not a bad person. Yes, he's a scam artist and he's scamming to make a living, but there's the underlining thing, like the underlining like concept that he is actually helping people. Because, spoiler for a few episodes, Haja is a member of the Path. And his job as a member of the Path is to send Force-sensitive people to help them escape the Empire. Is he scamming people out of their money? Yes, he needs to eat. But he is a bigger part of a whole and part of a community. And this is a piece that Obi-Wan has been missing, which is being part of his community of the Jedi Order. And this is how he represents that side of Obi-Wan. Haja is good at being a scammer. And he's using this skill as a way to help people. And But he is still going out of his way to help Corrin and his mother find safe passage. And he genuinely wants to help Obi-Wan. The, the moment he realizes that this is a real Jedi. Like, I've just been helping Force-sensitive kids. 
this is a real Jedi, and I'm a member of this organization. It is my obligation to help him. And he well, is so okay. Go ahead, because I'm about to. I shift mean, notes. like impersonating a Jedi is not exactly like a smart thing to do. It's not, or, or not a smart, not a dumb thing to do. But I mean, it's like, it, like it's not a good, it's not a good scam because it's going to get you killed. <laughs> By probably somebody who's way more you know, like Riva, you know, it, you know the Jedi are being hunted and killed. So pretending to be a Jedi is just is is kind of brave, you know. If if you're doing it for, it, it's kind of dumb if you're just doing it purely as a scam because it won't just get you put in prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> it but- will. It will. But that's why I think it's actually kind of smart because it, it is him doing this scam in plain sight because Reva, before she realizes that he's helping Obi-Wan, is about to write him off where he, where she just kind of looks at him and goes, oh, this guy's just a dingus. He's not worth my time. And she almost walks off until she realizes, like, wait, you know where Obi-Wan is. And well, yeah, that's, because, that's, because that's anybody could like do that. Something you would, yeah, because, because it was like, why is this guy even interacting with me like this? You know, he's not, and then she's like, oh, he's... You know, she figured out he he was just you know taking up time and and buying time. So why would he do that unless you know who else would he be buying time for? You know. Yeah, and like any it, imperial who is just like, oh, we heard about this Jedi and die you. They walk in and see Haja, and they're and he's just like, look, guys, it's just a scam. And like they might slap him on the wrist for it, but they're not going to kill him for it because he's not a real Jedi. So it's actually a brilliant well, yeah, scam because he's I mean, kind of might, hiding in might, plain sight. But they might kill it, you know. But, but like, yeah. But still, I mean, they might just they might just kill him, you know. They they like at the sight of a lightsaber, you know, before they, you know, just you know that he gets the privilege of getting actually like questioned. <laughs> yeah, but even or, then, or I think like being like. If he, if any Imperial officer walked in and were like, we heard there's a Jedi, like, all he has to do be like, look, it's a scam, here's my magnets, I'm just playing, I'm sorry, and they'd just be like, alright, don't do it again, because, like, like the Empire doesn't want to waste time on, like, people, like, because Dayu's kind of, like, the scummy town anyway, it's kind of, I feel like everybody here is, like, like, I feel like Haja could, like, throw some Imper- some credits at the Imperial, and the Imperials are like, well, just don't do it again, and, like, then he can go back to being scammed, and that's why I think it's, like, kind of a perfect scam, because if he does get in hot water, he could just be like, look, it's magnets. I'm not a real Jedi. And even Revo was like, you're not a real Jedi. So he's kind of like scamming in plain sight. And but well, and so in turn, in turn, he can actually help people. And that's why I think he's a very well, that, brilliant well, that, character. I mean, that's because it's not a real it's not really a scam. He's making money, but it's not really a scam. He's doing it to help people. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and. It's not. I. I think. I. I actually. I think it's a, a. A bad way to. To. To be a Jedi and hide in plain sight, because not only like are you going to get inquisitors, but like just your garden variety um, bounty hunter. He'd be. He'd be like, I'm not a Jedi. They'd be like, Yeah, whatever. Shoot him and bring him in dead. You know, and try and get a bounty on him. But it. You know, by being a Jedi to the people that he's helping is it's exactly as he described it. He's giving them he's he's making the yeah, he's giving them hope and making them feel that, you know, they they, they, like he's letting those people like are going to for the rest of their lives are going to be like, yeah, and that's you know, we we actually met a Jedi, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it, it's it's more honor it's more honorable because it is. I, I think it's actually riskier for him to to do that as a scam. But it also like, and and having the people that are fleeing have hope is probably highly heightens their chances of survival too. You know, so yeah. you know, and that is where I think. Like, I, I like Hasha. Like, he's such a brave character. And I love that scene where he's telling, like, Obi-Wan's like, why should I trust you? And he essentially tells Obi-Wan, take a leap of faith. Which, faith is something that Obi-Wan has been running so short on the last 10 years. Like, he's had no faith in anything. And Haja knows that he has every chance to die because he's about to go face an Inquisitor. And he does it anyway, because it's the right thing to do to protect Obi-Wan and Leia. And that right there is a very Jedi quality. It is the piece that Obi-Wan is learning because last episode, Obi-Wan ran away from the Jedi who needed him and he died. And here is Haja, a normal person, facing off an Inquisitor because it's the right thing to do. And he sticks his neck out for them while Obi-Wan spent 10 years like hiding in a cave. And I love that about Haja because he is very much... Like how we talked about how Cobb Vanth is very much a Mandalorian thematically... He's very much a Jedi thematically in that way. And he's showing that bravery to Obi-Wan. And that's where he represents that piece of Obi-Wan that he gets back. And it's all about honesty. Because Haja, you know, because we were talking last act, uh, Obi-Wan wasn't fully open and honest with Leia, which is why she didn't trust him right away. And here's Haja. And Haja's open. He's just like, yeah, I scam people. Yeah, I like credits. But I do it because I'm helping them. And it's that honesty that shows that he's not a horrible person. And it's that bond that makes Obi-Wan believe that he's a good person. And in it, in it, the show is very much about forming connections. And that is a connection that Haja makes with Obi-Wan. And it gives him that leap of faith with people that he has not been trusting for 10 years. And Obi-Wan wants to trust Haja, but at this point, he has to trust Haja, regardless of what he's seen earlier in the episode. And I just, I love everything about this character. I, you know, I thought, the first time I watched this, I thought Haja was fine, but the more I think about it, like, he is probably, like, he is one of the stellar characters of this. Like, he is so insanely brave. And I'm glad that he doesn't die, because I like him, and I like that he comes back later in the show, but... Reva probably should have just stabbed him and move on. <laughs> yeah. Get the information, stab him and go. But um but I'm I'm glad she doesn't because he continues to be like this great character as he goes. Um though I do like her reaction when he's just like, Hello, Inquisitor, I'm a Jedi, and she literally has this look on her face like what the fuck is happening? And it's so damn funny and I laugh every time because she's just such staring at him like, What is happening? <laughs> I love it. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there's, there's, like, there's, you can fake a lot of things, but there's certain things, like, you can't fake in front of the right certain people <laughs> that know about it, you know, and she was just like, yeah, no, that's not a, that's not a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like his, my last Haja note is I like his little line of, of getting thrown up against the wall and just going, ah, that wasn't maggots. <laughs> Like yeah. he like, feels the force, and he's just see like, oh, that's God. a little that's 
that's a little too that's going a little too camp for me that's going you know uh, he should be he should he should be he should be pooping his pants more than than just being like oh that's yeah it's not for me i laugh i laugh every time i hear that line i i went back and watched it twice just because it makes me laugh (laughs) Uh, but that's all my hasha notes i love him i think he's a great character and i'm glad he doesn't die and i'm glad he comes back so i want actually like i i'm I'm sure i'm gonna say this when we get further into the series i really want a show about the path um so it's like about all the people who work in the path i i would love a show just about that like about them just helping and having it almost be episodic where Every episode is about trying to find like a force of well, we have, to help them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like basically all the like all these characters could come up in a new show or they could come up in other shows or anything, but the ones that they've that they left. Yeah. <laughs> in this oh, one. There, there's one character I really like and he's coming up in a few episodes and I just for the life of me I can't remember his name. So but when we get to him, I really like his character because I can see his face and I forgot to look him up and I'm not gonna do it right now because I will get to him. Yeah, so. we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. So I I wrote this note last week and then I ended up not saying it because it's much more prominent here. This show, being Obi Wan Kenobi, says Padme writes. And I am here for it because I, because it's so much of like Star Wars in general sort of forgets the lineage of the Skywalker women um, outside of Leia. So like Padme and Shmi so often get forgotten when they do like, oh, the Skywalkers, you know, Luke and Anakin and all this. But like Padme often kind of gets forgotten because she's not the force sensitive one. She was, And so I'm loving that Ben took a moment to acknowledge because when he's like, you remind me of someone, the assumption is usually Anakin, but he goes, no, you remind me of Padme. You know, you're, you're stubborn like her. She was a leader and like giving this, cause like, you know, that's what little Leia didn't want. She was shirking her princess duties. And part of her journey is becoming a leader to people by the end of it. And so hearing that Ben say, you remind me of this great leader who was stubborn and she believed in people and she had so much faith in people. Like this show is saying Padme writes. And I love it because so much of the hype and focus going into the Obi-Wan Kenobi show was about Anakin and Obi-Wan. So I'm glad it's taking the time for Obi-Wan to pause and say, no, Padme is just as important as Anakin. And I'm here for it. I love it. I will eat this for dinner. Let's do this with Shmi more. Because Shmi Skywalker needs so much more love because she is the mother Skywalker. And we need all the Shmi rights too. So. Um. she, The actress who played Shmi got robbed because she's a very good actress. And she died before <laughs> you could put her in in this show and give her an actual chance to uh, to to act like Uncle Owen. <laughs> I do love her in Phantom Menace, though. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, I love the little hesitation about Obi Wan debating whether or not to pull out his lightsaber. Like that's a good moment. Like it's in and it's a fear. It's a fear moment of like I could fight her, but I will also give up my position. And if I fight her, I have to engage. Am I and and there's a moment of am I ready to fight her? 
because he just opened himself up to the force. And it's this this fear response of like shaking with his lightsaber in his hands because he is actually scared. And I, I love that hesitation of not using his lightsaber. And of course, like show wise, they want to save the lightsaber for the bigger right, reveal right. later and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I like, but character wise, I think it's a good little character moment. <sighs> Grande's line of, I can stand the reek of your ambition no longer. Ah, perfect Grande boyfriend <laughs> line. <laughs> perfect Grande. He's so good in the show, guys. He, he's so well written. He's, uh, why fire. is a fire alarm going off? Sorry. Okay. All right. Just... Thank you, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> anyway. See, Grande was so hot, he made my fire alarm go off. That's how hot he is, guys. My fire alarm just went off. We're good. Um, I and finally... I screamed the first time I watched Grande get stabbed. I had a tiny panic attack. Like, I knew it was probably going to be okay because, of course, this takes place before Rebels, and I know he's in Rebels. But I, I did make a, like, a gut reaction tweet of, like, are they retconning Rebels? It was like a gut reaction tweet because, you know, live action is higher in the Star Wars funnel. And as we talked about with Tales of the Jedi... You know, retconning happens in fucking Star Wars. It happens all the time. So I did have a moment of, like, panic. But then when I actually sat down and thought about it five minutes later, I had this this realization of, like, no, he's probably fine. They'll take care of it somehow. But I did. My poor baby boy with all his poor elbows and teeth and evil baby boy got stabbed. And I was very sad for him and my sweetness. And he got stabbed right in the abs. She should have went for the head if she was serious. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, but they can't They can't kill him because he has to go and be beautiful in Rebels, so it's fine. Uh, that's all I have for the episode. Do you have anything else? I have nothing else. All right. Definitely going to gonna have way more notes next week. <laughs> well, rate it up for me, Chris. I gave it an eight. I, uh... I think that this show shows a lot of like the like I thought the problems I if I had problems with this show, it was going to be all story wise because I was just like, how are you going to make, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan meet, you know, and make it work? But they managed to do that. But it's. It's the it's the production. It's 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 the it's the um the the it's it's the distracting switch back from like this scene has a lot of budget in it. This scene doesn't. You know what I mean? And it it, it and uh, the um probably you know the as as far as you know we know about the production. Or whatever. I I think there's a lot of the like, um, a lot of it has to do with it it being a a project that kept changed from a movie to a TV show, reshooting scenes, a quick you know they they turned this they they turned they this this show had a really short production. You know they they uh they they 
work this out really, really quickly. It was, and it kind of shows. It was also in development help for a while. So it was supposed to be a right. movie and then it wasn't a movie and right. after Solo. So like it went through development help before right. it even started right. filming. So in, in a very similar way with, with, uh, as Solo. But I don't think it had the same effect as Solo, which was, I think that, I, I think that took, a lot of the the potential light. I mean, we'll never know without seeing a cut of the original. What what the original solo is going to be like, but it almost it, it almost sounded like, you know, you know, the all all the all the actors and crew coming back for a second go at it might not have had as much energy as the first time through. You know, when it when it was when it was fresh. So I don't know, but this this one has this one. Yeah, it's it's like in sort of uh it has that that hurried production feel that um book of boba fett had but book of boba fett didn't have as much to lose in it because it you know boba fett is a popular character but he's also not a super like we haven't seen you know he he doesn't have the um the the gravitas that have it bringing back obi-wan and darth vader you know and princess leia and luke has and uh so it's 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 jarring when this one goes from like being a movie to feeling like you know a, a episode of a tv show with with budget limitations you know like a star trek the next generation episode it's it's very strange but hot <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> so you gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. Yeah. Um, for me, I I I love this episode as much as I love last week's episode, but I don't think it's executed quite as tightly. But I still love like all the character and the story stuff that's happening. Um, I especially love Hasha. I think he's a fantastic character. He's absolutely stellar. Love my granddad boyfriend. And I love seeing like Obi-Wan's kind of first steps of like shaking off the dust and getting his confidence and like starting to kind of get back into that Jedi groove. Um, Story-wise, this is a very much needed episode. Um, but I do agree that the ex execution does kind of bring it down. So I think last week was a nine. So I gave this one 8.5 because I still really loved it. But um, I do think some of the writing could have been tighter here and there, like um, like the the Stranger Danger stuff. Like, um, so I think the writers had to had to sort of pat pat it around a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling there was a there was a uh, basically the same story here, but it was going to be two hours long, and yeah. it had to be it had to be like a six hour, you know, a five and a half hour story or five hour story <sighs> next. So, like I just thought of a scene that really didn't need to be there as much as I loved it. It's the scene where Grande is spinning his lightsaber and threatening Flea. We could have just left it with Reva walks in, sees that Flea and his friends are drugged out, and then we never see Flea again. But, like, Grande torturing, killing right. Flea doesn't add to the story. Doesn't do anything. But it yeah. looks cool as hell, yeah. hell because I'm always happy to see his lightsaber spin. But that is the greatest fault of this show. At no point do we get helicopter inquisitors, and I'm so mad. I think they, I think they, 
got enough flack from it from rebels that they're just no they should have embraced it it might be it might be i would see if i did if i was them i would be like well we got away with it because remember i was like that looks stupid when we saw the trailers for it and then when the show came out i was like okay that was fine but i don't know if it would translate from animation to live action without looking so i would be afraid i would be like if we do this we have to you know make it look really cool because there's a big risk of it being silly you know what i mean no if it's gonna be campy you make it look bad i'm i yeah, need but... my i need it <laughs> i need my bad <laughs> helicopter sabers i'm so okay, sad yeah. okay i see where you're going with this Yo, okay. double down on that shit okay <laughs> i love it i love it so much let it be bad uh well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. We had an interesting piece of feedback this week, um, and I, I wanted to bring this up to Chris because it's a question from Twitter, and we got it from our listener, Diego Lemos. And when I answered Diego, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I will personally bring it up to Chris. And Chris, this is me personally bringing it up to you to discuss because when better to discuss this stuff, but on the show. So take yes, it away, okay. Chris. So Diego says, uh, do you plan to cover that movie Rebel Moon in your podcast? We are right now. Supposedly, Zack it's Zack Snyder's take on space opera, especially Star Wars. It would be interesting to hear your opinions on other directors' takes on the genre, like the Spaceballs commentary. I have um, no idea what this is. I don't so know if we'll do it on here. I have a fucking pretty uh, interesting relationship with Zack Snyder and his movies. I think he's a, I think he's an awful filmmaker who doesn't know what human beings are like. <laughs> but people give him shitloads of money to make stuff. And I get fascinated watching it because it's it's almost like the room. It's uh, now now D, now um, Snyder has said that this Rebel Moon is something he's wanted to do a lot. It's his Star Wars, you know. It was it would be his version of Star Wars, basically, and you know, winding up you know the Zack Snyder fans, which I mean that sounds absolutely awful to me. It, it, like it, it, it will probably be visually pretty, pretty good in the like the way he like makes stuff visual, like it, he's making commercials. But I mean, I will watch it out of curiosity because I watch all his movies because they are. They, I won't even say they're they're messes, but they're, it's fascinating for me to watch it and and like it's it's like a person sort of psychologically telling on themselves without knowing it in their in their own movies you know like you get to see all the things that they hate and they love and that they want to be and they and what they think is cool and what they don't think is cool and stuff and i mean as far as that goes i think zack snyder needs therapy so it's always fascinating for me to look at his movies and i will definitely be checking this one out whether it shows up on this show i don't know we'll see how it goes or if it even ever pans out you know it's one of those things this this is one of those things where you know filmmakers always talk about like they they always have a few irons in the fire so but that you know maybe it'll be his next project maybe not but um i'll probably do a, I, I will probably do an episode 
myself or my media masochist on it as I usually do in Zack Snyder movies. But so yeah. So I, I want to give a little background in case somebody, because I had never heard of this before Diego reached out. So here's some kind of background. The premise of the movie. A peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy is threatened by armies of tyrannical regent named Balisarius. Um, the civil, the desperate civil, civilians dispatch Cora, a young woman who has a mysterious past, to seek out warriors from nearby planets to help them challenge the regent. First of all, it sounds like Fushigi Yuki. <laughs> yeah, well, and it I sounds mean, like a reverse harem anime. But let me it's, finish. Um, it's the 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 um. Magnificent Seven, too, which is a Western. Yeah. It's well, that's the, the, the thing. Ma- so the, the development. Rebel Moon was inspired by the works of Akira Kurosawa in the Star Wars film. The film also began development as Star Wars uh, as a Star Wars film that Snack Snyder had pitched to Lucasfilm. In the time period between the conclusion of the, peri- the prequel trilogy in 2005 and the sale of Lucasfilm to Walt Disney in 2012, the pitch was to be a more mature take on Star Wars universe. Following the acquisition of the project, uh, the project was revealed was redeveloped by producer Eric Newman and Snyder, first as an original television series before being set as a film. I will say, Rupert Friend, who is in Kenobi as Grande Boyfriend, is in the movie. And then, a little bit further down, speaking to the film's future as a franchise, Snyder said, my hope is that this also becomes a massive IP and a universe that can be built out. In February 9th, 2022, it... It was revealed that Rebel Moon will be a two-part film as both were parts were being shot back to back. So, and it comes out December twenty-second uh, of this year on Netflix. Okay. Based on the, I don't know. I when I hear the desperate civilians dispatch Cora, a young woman who has mysterious past to seek out warriors from a nearby planet, I've seen this movie before. What are you going to do to make it like really great? You know, well, and there's, well, there's also what you do, what you, what, what you do is we get to watch it and realize this is just a Star Wars script that he wrote for Star Wars that they rejected because I'm sure they rejected it because a Zack Snyder saying it's more adult mature Star Wars. He doesn't know what the hell that means. He hasn't made an adult. He hasn't made a movie that hasn't been like completely in the mentality of a, like a 12 year old boy that wants to be adult. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that grim, you know, everything, everybody's grim and dark and tough. And it's, it's basically a 10 year old kid going through his, his superhero comics going cool. I love how this, I love how it looks when he punches this guy, you know, that's his, that's his idea of, a, a, of adult, you know, yeah. it, it will be, it will be more violent and, and, grim grim dark so so that so so we'll get to watch it and go like this could have been a star wars movie and i think that'll be fascinating actually i i find his movies fascinating because for me like when i read like everything i'm reading about this sounds very generic like one of the yeah guess what one of the bad guys generals is name a very used name titus Mm. Mm -hmm. i've heard that before you know, um, he's Anthony, not very bright. He's not a very bright guy. Anthony Hopkins uh, is voice is the voice of Jimmy, a, sen- a sentient JC mechanized battle robot. And I'm just like, so Anthony Hopkins is essentially Anthony Daniels in this. But you know, if if C three PO was and it's a was bit a, of stunt cast stunt casting because Anthony Hopkins was just in. 
I think he was playing. You, you don't know who's a robot or not in 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 Westworld, but Anthony Hopkins was the creator of the robots in the Westworld. So now they're making him a robot. Now he gets but, to be a robot. But it just sounds like C three PO if he could kill things with a yeah yeah that and a, that's what he's like. I want C three PO, but C three PO's got guns up for hands or something. You know something so like that. That's his idea zero? of adult. Star he's, Wars, what? He's triple zero from the Vader comics? Like, <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess to answer your, your original question, Diego, um, I guess to me the answer is we'll see. I'll, I, I don't I'll, know. Be tackling, I'll be tackling it in some way, and I'm sure that I'll bring it up in the show and, and, and steer you towards whatever podcast I talk about it. But We have it for December because... Oh, we'll we'll, we'll have to see we, we'll have to see it and if 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 it if it looks like something that we could do as a commentary that like and and tie it to Star Wars if it looks like it that would work good yeah well I would be into doing that totally yeah and I, I don't know I don't think you're a Zack Snyder filmmaker f- film viewer so I would be really enjoying watching a newbie come to a Zack Snyder movie and go like I what mean... the hell. Is- I got how about, how about watch actually... watch sucker punch sometime hope <laughs> if, you, See, if I, you can get through it here I have a I have a list of Zack Snyder movies I've I've seen three hundred I've seen Wonder Woman he didn't do Wonder Woman that was he, what's her name you oh well, he was the producer he, yeah he had his name on it because he's he's just tied into the the DC, DC movies yeah. Yeah, he did the uh, Anna Steel and Batman versus Superman and the Justice I, I, Leagues. I the, the the second Justice the the dire- director's cut did uh um the Watchmen uh Dawn of the Dead. He did an animation about owls, like the owls of Gahuli. I've always wanted to see that movie, like, like that. Like I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I hear that it is a horrible story, but a visual masterpiece. That's Zack Snyder all the way. It's yeah. yeah it's probably it's probably when when they say horrible story, like you're probably going to be halfway through it going, "This is fascist." <laughs> oh my god, owls <laughs> are. Fucking fascist! What's I going have on? actually seen this. One That's why thing I that's... haven't watched it because I think it that would be awful watching. <laughs> I have actually seen this one thing of Zack Snyder's, and that is the My Chemical Romance video, Desolation Row, because I I was and still am a huge My Chemical Romance fan. So <laughs> I have seen that. Is it is it the Bob Dylan song Desolation Row or is it no, a, just the, a uh, song also named Desolation Row? Yeah, but it was a cover by uh, My Chemical Romance. Oh, okay, that's a that's a strange cover for a band like My Chemical Romance. I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> Not as much as you think. My Chemical Romance was a lot of people's gay awakenings and also like very uh, poignant for their time. Like they got labeled as like the like the you crazy mean goth- you mean you mean gay awakening. It was a gay awakening. But like the thing about MCR is they got kind of labeled as like the screamy goth band because of Welcome to the Black Parade. But if you actually listen to the album Welcome to uh, the Black Parade from beginning to end, it's about the life and death of a cancer patient. And it's very much like their, um, what, what is it? Uh, Pink Floyd, the, the Wall, which is if you listen to beginning to end, it's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is their version of the wall, but it's about the life and death of a cancer patient. <laughs> so, uh. so like, but because they sounds like, uplifting. Was like, 
like but because they like were like wearing like a lot of like black and stuff like that and for that that's why their follow-up album danger days they went full color like they were like these like bright punk 80s like you know like neon colors because they didn't want to be labeled as like the the goth people actually fun story about mcr the people of twilight the movies approached them to do the song like for one of their movies because they were like you're that goth band right and gerard way was like fuck you no so then they wrote a song called vampire money essentially bashing them for like the twilight people coming and asking them to write a song (laughs) so yeah anyway there's your uh what hope was doing when she was 16 memory lane so yeah (laughs) diego we'll see we'll see we we it it doesn't come out till december so we can't say until we see it so we'll we'll see so put a pen in them the the answer is maybe i will be watching it i will be watching it for sure I don't know if I'll be watching it because I'll probably forget that it exists until Chris tells me about it. I'll be I'll 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 be here to keep you keep you informed. I I can almost promise you like ninety nine point nine percent I will forget it will exist until Chris tells me about it after yeah, we yeah, finish yeah. recording. I'll I'll, I'll I'll don't worry, Hope. <laughs> I'm on the Zack Snyder tip, so it's not gonna slip under our radar. Awesome, I'm here for it. Wow, uh, I don't <laughs> have anything else for part two. Do you? I do not. All right. Well, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website with all of our podcasts on it. And uh, yeah, they're all they're all sorted out by diff- by their name and everything like like you should. And you can go and subscribe to them. You can go to Facebook and go to the Two True Freaks podcast page. And we post all our episodes up there. And we also have the Two True Freaks to Cantina where you can talk and top secret. It looks like we're working on a little bit of a Two True Freaks Discord. <gasps> Ooh! And it looks like we're going to set it up so all the podcasts have their own little little thread in the, oh, on the Discord. And, I love uh, that idea because I I absolutely, well, I, I pal around on Discord. I'm part of, you know, Dark Side Divas right. and For Light and Dice. Well, listen, listen. Star listen, Wars Explained. I've, I've been on the internet a long time and I can smell the reek of death. And the reek of death is upon Facebook and Twitter. They're, they've they've they're, they're stale. They've been around too long. There's other websites that people are using way more than both. Of the, not as much as Facebook. A lot of people use Facebook because the old old folks have that too. But Twitter is not that. And so, like, Discord seems to be... And, you know, the format on Discord reminds me of the old news groups, which we really loved that way of communicating way better than the crap show that's facebook or twitter so and speaking of that of you know whose brainchild this whole discord was i bet it was gene gene the podcast machine it was but it was actually gene gene the reverb machine but at the same who runs our twitter site so he's he's all you gotta do is go to twitter and look to see what hashtags are trending and go like Ooh, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you go like, oh, okay, bye bye. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, yeah, you can also find us on Twitter for for a limited time. I I've hear Twitter's barely even functional now. But, Sometimes, uh, uh, like I had two weeks where I couldn't post uh, our 
our little photo for um right like like i don't yeah, want to do and stuff like that but i heard a lot of people complaining about about that so yeah yeah they're they're having server issues and stuff like that so yeah screw them but like yeah but we'll move on we'll just move into whatever whatever's working out good so right now that looks like it might be discord so look keep an eye out for more news on that when when we get the discord set up we'll tell you how to come and join come and join us how to get your invite and that's basically where you can find me where can they find you hope you can find me at jguysandjedi on Twitter at the moment, though you might find me more on Discord, we'll see. Uh, though I will say, Discord, chat rooms have always made me, like, anxious. Like, like I said, I, I'm part of a lot of Discords, but, like, a very good example of it was somebody asked me a question on Discord, and I answered, and then I got anxious because I didn't know what they were talking about. And then somebody wrote back, isn't she here in this group? And I was like, oh, fuck, I have to answer now. Ah! Ah! And so I answered, I was like, hi, oh, yeah, I found it, blah, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And then I remembered what I was, they were talking about, and I was like, oh, it was this. Um, because Hope's memory is shit right now, because she's sleepy. Um, but I definitely have, like, I'm, like, chat rooms make me anxious, so I will do my best with the Discord if we have a J Guys and Jedi Discord. I love you all. I can't promise anything, because they make me really anxious. <laughs> I've always been anxious with chat rooms. I don't um, know that, I don't, I don't know that, like, I don't know if Two true freaks would use a Discord like most people use it. I don't know if it would be mostly people like live hanging out, chatting. It would probably be more like go to the Discord, see if anybody posted anything in in the J guys and Jedi section, answer it, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. But who knows? I mean, we'll we see can, when we get there. But we have the option to do that, though. In that we can. We could get together and watch movies and stuff in Discord too, so that's always fun, you know. Yeah, we can actually get together and that's... like we can do like yeah. two true freaks hangouts. Like I, I've yeah. done a lot of like hangouts of just like, hey, we'll just like chill here and just talk for like two hours. It's fine. We're all here. Let's go. Yeah. No, so. I mean with this with this crew, so many people could be like, oh, I got somebody something to show everybody, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, but you can also find me at Hope Molinex as well. I am a contributor for Dark Side of the Force, so if you want to see me write about Star Wars, you can find that over there. I am also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle, and I'm currently re- reviewing uh, Bad Batch uh, every week, so I've been having fun doing that as well. And I am also a podcaster for the show for Light and Dice that you heard, like, two weeks ago. Um... So, yeah, you can check us out over at For Light and Dice, which is a Star Wars tabletop podcast where I hang out with a bunch of my friends and we roll dice and we go on adventures and we're having a lot of really good times over there. So, yeah. All right, Chris, if that's all we got, uh, I guess I'll see you next week for part three of... Oh, I, yes. I hate that these don't have titles. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It bothers me. They should have titles. Instead of a part one, part two, part three, they, because they, I have to... They could have come, come up with six really nice one-word titles for it, you know, that don't quite give away what's going on, but, like, would make a lot more sense after you've seen it. Yeah, I... I, I, I think I, that, I, that could have been done. Because I was trying to... Uh, we, we might they have... They could have just had it be episode one, May, episode two, the... 
episode 3 Force Episode 4 B I would be done I would have been down with that Yeah <laughs> Anything Because like For example I was trying to Like we, we we may or may not have a guest on in a few weeks We're still working that out So don't, don't take this with a grain of salt But I was trying to explain to them Like what episode I was like It's part 4 And then I was like There's no title I was like you know The one where yeah, the one There's this a flashback happened. And this and this happened because there's no title to be like, yeah, you know, the Kenobi episode, butt face, <laughs> you know, episode butt face. Like, I hate them not having titles. It really bothers me. I, I didn't think it would bother me this much. But like now that I'm like looking at all my Kenobi outlines, I'm like, which one's part two? Which one's part three? OK, it was this one. I would I would have liked I would like to have been in the whatever meeting they had when they decided no titles for it, which I, I mean, it had to happen some some point yeah so anyway that's the end of the griping I'm gonna go to bed I love you all go have a lovely week I hope you guys are great uh, Chris and I are well, I can't speak for Chris I'm great and I hope you all are great I love you all see you next week bye 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 Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show... Please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. So uncivilized.